Okay, good morning everybody. Today's daf is Babakama daf Kuf Yudchas, the second to last daf in Mesachas Babakama. We are holding at the Mishnah on daf Kuf Yud Zayin Amud Beis. Today's share is sponsored by Dr. David Landerer in honor of his wife and children, Aliyah Nishmas, his mother, Golda Basimcha, Allah Shalom, Nisham Shav Aliyah, and also sponsored by Daniel Sadian for the success of Klal Yisrael in these times and Atzlacha for our soldiers and our captives. They shall return home safely. And also sponsored by Hindi and Mendi Yudin, from Moshe Aaron Ben Leah Bela, who was uh, severely injured in battle in Gaza in life changing ways. He should have a Rafur Shalem. So uh, we are uh, we're holding at the Mishnah on Kuf Yudzayin and Beis. The Mishnah is going to discuss the uh, din of Hashavas Gazela on a field. You uh, you stole a field and then the field was flooded. So are you able to say Haresha Lechalafanecha? So the Mishnah is going to say one thing, but then we're going to have a Machlokas in the Brisa and we're going to try to figure out what the Machlokas in the Brisa is really all about. Then the Mishnah on the top of Amud Aleph is going to talk about a location where you're allowed to return a Gazela uh, or a Pikado or in Aveda, meaning uh, can you just find the guy anywhere and give it to him if, even if he's uh, in, an, in an insecure, uh, a non-secure location or can only return it where he can have what to do with it and he has where to put it away. So we're going to discuss the halachas of that. Then the Mishnah, the second Mishnah on Amr Avlan Mishnah is today, is going to discuss Bari Vishema by Egzela, a Halva'a or a Pikado. And a guy says you know, I'm pretty sure I stole something from you I don't remember if I returned it or not uh, or someone says, you stole from something from me, and the uh, fellow responds, uh, yeah, but I'm not sure if I returned it or not. It's unclear which of those cases the Mishnah is talking about, so we'll see how the Gemara elaborates on that. Then in the next Mishnah on Amad Aleph, we're going to talk about how to be Mekayim, the Mitzvah Hashava of a Gazela, and four explanations of what the Mishnah exactly means. And we're going to draw a possible distinction between the, where the Nigzal was aware that it was stolen and a case where the Nigzal was not aware that it was stolen. Meaning, what are what is your level of obligation of Hashava? And uh, it seems to depend on whether the guy ever knew that it was stolen. So do you just have to put it back? And even though he doesn't know that you put it back, do you have to uh, put it back and then wait for him to count? And uh, that, that way you know that he knows how much he has? Or do you have to actually tell him, I'm giving it back to you? So we're going to have four different uh, four different shitos about how to read the Mishnah. Then on Amit Beis, the Gemara is going to raise a stira between two brises, whether you're Yotzei Duchi of Hashava by just adding money into a purchase or something. And we're going to have four explanations of that, uh, of that machlokas, meaning uh, you're, you're embarrassed to just uh, return money that you stole. So you buy something that's worth $10 and uh, you know you owe the guy $100, so you, you just give him $110 and run away. So, uh, so is, that, uh, is, that, is that a valid form of Hashava? Then the Mishnah in the middle of Ambez is going to talk about things that you should not buy because they might be stolen, meaning a person cannot just claim, oh, how am I supposed to know that they're stolen? If you see that the guy is selling uh, Rolexes off the back of a truck, so first of all, you should know they're not Rolexes, but second of all, uh, you should realize that if a person is selling things that seem like they might be stolen, there's a good chance they are stolen, and you're not innocent. You shouldn't be helping a person who makes his living by stealing things. So uh, let's pick up with the Mishnah on Daf Kuf Yud Zayin Amud Bey. So the Mishnah tells us that uh, that Shetafa Nahar, that uh, the assumption that the Mishnah is assuming is you 
steal a field from somebody, and the field was flooded, so the field then becomes flooded and ruined. So instead of paying the guy back the value of what the field was at the time that you stole it, you could just say, here, here's your field, even though it's totally ruined right now. And the assumption seems to be that uh, it would have happened no matter who was in the field. This was uh, you know, an act of nature, and that would have happened regardless of whether the Nigzal or the Gazlan was, uh, was watching over the field at that time. So says Mar, we have a Brysa that seems to record a Machlokas about this very issue. Tan Rabbanan HaGozel Sadam Mechavero Ushetofa Nohar Chayv Lahamdol Sadachar Div Rabbi Eliezer V'cham Omer Omer L'Oreshel Chalfanecha that Rabbi Eliezer seems to disagree. Rabbi Eliezer seems to say the very same case of our Mishnah that you have to furnish him with a new field. You know, a field that's worth what, what the field was worth at the time that you stole it. And it's all, the Chachamim say that you're able to tell him Oreshel Chalfanecha. So that in itself is certainly not problematic. Our Mishnah would certainly be expected to be going like the Chachamim and not like Rabbi Eliezer. But now that we introduce that there is another opinion, we need to understand what the Nukuda Samachlokas is. So what exactly is the Machlokas between Rabbi Eliezer and the Chachamim? So the Machlokas, the Gemara suggests, is about how to darshan psukim. Whenever you have a more expansive term, a more limited term, and a more expansive term, do we use the methodology of riboy miyut riboy or the methodology of klalu pradu klal? Difference between them being that if you use riboy miyut riboy, we're only mema'at one example, one case, and everything else is included in the halacha under discussion. Whereas if you use klalu pradu klal, we're mema'at uh, anything that's not exactly like the prat, that uh, anything that's similar to the prat is included, and we're mema'at anything that's not exactly like the prat. So b'maikamif. Rabbi Eliezer Darshan's using the methodology of Ribuy Miyut and the Parsha that discusses and the mitzvah of Ashavas Hagzela says, which sounds like you could be about anything. So that's Reboy. That could be about any item that you have stolen. But then it says about a particular pikadon, that's miyate, that's much more specific. And then, and the, uh, the, 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 the psukim go on in the same parsha, and it says, uh, it says, which is chazav riba. So that's uh, an extra riba. So riba miyate veriba, riba hakol. So that comes to include everything in this parsha of Ashavas Akzelo. My rabbi, rabbi kalmili, whatever you, uh, you stole, even if it's karka, it's Included in Shavua and Ashavas Hagzela, so my miyut. What's the uh, what's the 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 one miyut uh, doing in there? What's it being mimayit? Miyut Shtaros. It's just being mimayit Shtaros. That there's no Shavua on Shtaros. There's no Chiyav Hashava on stealing Shtaros because Shtaros are not Kuf on Mamon. It's just a piece of paper that has a lot of words on it, but it has no inherent value. So it turns out that according to the limit of Rabbi Eliezer, Karka is Nigzelas. Karka has a Chiyav Hashava. And therefore, if, uh, if a river came and uh, flooded out the karka, you need to furnish him with a new karka because you have stolen that karka. Karka can, in fact, be nigzelas. Now, the sefer, uh, the achra lechem abirim, is masbir, that the reason that the chum thought to be memaich staros more so than karkaos, meaning, uh, according to Rabbi Eliezer, the way Rabbi Eliezer darshins, is 
is we're memaid shtaros. Why not say we're memaid karkos and we include shtaros in the parasha? So he says because by shtaros it's not such a big loss if you're not going to swear about them or if you're not going to have a din of hashavas akzela because every shtar has edim on it. So you can always make a new one, find your edim and reproduce it, get a get a new shtar. Whereas by karkos the hefsid is a much greater hefsid. Tosrid just points out a problem with this whole gemara, and that is that if you open up a chumash and you look at the psukim, it says. It doesn't only give one miut, it gives multiple miutim. So we're saying, oh, there's only one miut, so therefore we're only mimait, one little thing. What are you darshan from all the other things that the, uh, that the Pasuk says? Okay, he leaves it as a kasha, that's, uh, that's difficult. But anyway, that's Rabbi Eliezer's methodology of darshan. For Rabbanan darshan, Klaliuprati. And the Rabbanan darshan using the methodology of, of Klaliuprat. Vichichesh Klal. Bipikadon Prat. O Mikol Chazavakalal. Klaliuprati Klal Yatadon Elakena Prat. And the methodology to, to use is Klaliuprati Klal, which, which, uh, which includes only things that are similar to the Prat. It's not Riba Hakol. No, it's only inclusive uh, in these halachos of things that are similar to the prat. Maha prat, just like a pikadon, which is identified in the pasuk, is davar amitaltel, it's a movable object, v'gufo mamon, and it has inherent value. So too, both of those qualities are necessary in order for something to be subject to the chiv hashavas hagzela and to shavua. Av kol davar amitaltel v'gufo mamon, it needs to be movable property and inherently valuable. Yatsu karkaos, shein metaltlin, as opposed to karka, which is not metaltlin, and yatsu avadim shuk and also comes to exclude avadim, which are hukash to karkaos. Yatsu shtaros, and it excludes the shtaros, sha'afal pisha metaltlin, and gufon mamon. And it also disqualifies shtaros from these halachos, because even though it is a movable object, but it doesn't meet the other criteria of being something that has uh, inherent value. And therefore we exclude all three of these items from the parsha of shavua, and from the parsha of hashavas hagzela. So according to the drasha, the cham karkas ain't an exelas. Mimela, there's no chiyuv hashava, and that's why if the karka that you stole, even though there's no, uh, it's ain't an exelas. If it becomes flooded, you can say areishal chalafanecha. I never had kinyan exelas in it in the first place. It's been your field the entire time, so take it back. Uh, an act of nature happened to your field that has nothing to do with me. Now there is a machlokas rishonim whether by stealing karka one violates lo sigzol, meaning presumably we pass like the chabdat like Rabbi Eliezer over here. That there's no chiyuv hashava, hashava sagzela on karka. When you steal karka, did you violate the iser of lo sigzol? So the Rambam in Hilchus Kineva Paragzayin Alachiralv says that it is an iser of lo sigzol. Rashi on Chumish writes the same thing on the pasuk of lo sasig vul rishonim. He says it's referring to moving over a border of a field in order to expand your own field. So even though uh, and Rashi writes, even though it already says lo sigzol by masig vul, it's laver lo bishnei lavin. Meaning, what do you mean? Even though it says lo sigzol karka in an exelas, so Rashi seems to be telling us, even though yes, you're violating lo sigzol when you move over the fence uh, a little bit closer, a little bit further into your neighbor's property, a 
as a way of stealing some of that property, but it's also a violation of Masigvul. Tosos and Sechba Metzia and Avsamachalaf writes that Karka is not Nixelas because it's impossible to move it. So the Marsha says, what do you mean? The Gemara over here derives from a Klal Pratuklal and not from a Svara. So how come Tosos says that? Uh, because you can't move it, like comes up with his own svara. You don't need a svara. You have a you have a beferish gemara that derives it from sukim. So he says that Tosos is writing based on the havami, and the marsha suggests that Tosos is writing based on the havami. But the pnei Yeshua writes that the gemara over here is just telling us not the karka. One does not violate lo sigzal, but that there's no din hashavas agzela. How do I know that you don't violate lo sigzal? That's what Tosos is addressing. That's the svara that Tosos is addressing. So apparently, the way the Pnei Yeshua understands Tosos is that Tosos holds that there's also no violation of lo sigzal on karka. So that seems to be the machlok shishonim. So again, the Rambam beferish and Rashi pretty beferish on chumish. On the one hand, say that if you steal karka, you do violate lo sigzal, even though there's no din hashavas agzela and uh, and and Tosos certainly the. Way the Pnei Shur reads Tosos uh, implies that, uh, that that one does violate Los Sigzal when they steal Karka. So now the Gemara asks on this explanation of the Machlokas between Rabbi Eliezer and the Chachamim. Vahadetanya, that which it says in the Brisa, Hagozel Hapara Ushetafa Nahar. What if I steal a cow and then a river floods out the cow and drowns the cow? So uh, if we didn't read any further, we would say, well, of course, of course, a para is nixelas. It's mita. It's Kufa Mamon. It's certainly not excluded from the parsha. You would never expect the machlokas about that. Well, wait a second. They have the same machlokas when it comes to a para. So whatever we just said is the machlokas of Rabbi Lazar and the Chamin must be incorrect because uh, we just said riba mi riboy klal paranoka. So says Marna hasam b'mayka mifligi. What exactly is the machlokas by a para? So says Marna, you're misunderstanding the case. The machlokas by the para is really machlokas about karka. How so? Amra Papa hasam ayeskinon that kigon shegazel sadam mechaver. The case is you stole a field and there was a para revutzabo. There was a para there in the Sadak Zula, but you didn't do a Maisa Gzela Biadayim. There was a para in the field that you stole. You never touched the para. All you did is you stole the field and a para was in the field. Oh, so now it's, and then Ushtafa Nahar, and then it flooded the para and drowned the para. So it flooded the field and drowned the para. So now, did, did I do Kinyani Gzela on the para? Well, it depends. If I had on the karka, then I could be kona the para agav the karka. But if I had no kinyanik on the karka, I never did anything with the para. The para is in the other guy's field. It's not in my field. I never touched the para. Then there's no kinyanik on the para. So it's just an extension of whether there's kinyanik on the field. That karka is nixelas, and therefore you could be kona the para that's in the field with a kinyan agav of agav the karka. And therefore you chayv in the shav of the para, and when it gets drowned out by the flood, you're going to have to produce another, you're going to have to uh, furnish him with another para. And the Rabbanon, the karkas ain't in the gzelah, so I was never cornered to the field, and if I was never cornered to the field, there was no way that I could ever be cornered to the para, because I didn't touch the para. So I didn't do kin meshicha or anything like that. So mela, I'm not going to have a chiv hashava on the para, because I never really stole the para, according to, uh, according to that. Now, uh, the, the ktsos, 
uh, discusses in Simon Ayin Reish Hay whether it's possible to be Kona a Kinyan Agav from something that's Hefker. Meaning, in order to be Kona with a Kinyan Agav, do you need Dasacheres Makna? Do you need someone else that not only am I making the Kinyan, but someone has, has Das to be Makna it? To me, so uh, so so the the so says the suffix this suffix whether Kinyan agav works when there's no dasam acheres makni he says maybe we can bring a raya from Rashi on our gemara because Rashi explains the way we just said it that according to Rabbi Yezer the gazlin is kona the para with the Kinyan agav the karka right how did he how was he kona the karka by stealing the karka so karka nigzelas then he said oh and he's kona the para agav being kona the karka Rashi said. Well, wait a second. Where's the dasa cheres makne? Who's being makne the paratim? L'chari, you don't have that. He's stealing everything. There is no dasa cheres makne. So says the Apparently, Kinyan Agav works even without a dasa cheres makne. The Nesivas disagrees. Uh, and he says, uh, nah, they, by, by the Gazlan, there is a dasa cheres makne. Meaning, it is in the best interest of the Nigzal that you do have Kinyan Egzela. Kinyan Egzela doesn't mean you own it. It just means you're responsible for it as if you were the the owner. I mean, just like when I own something, no matter what happens to it, I'm the one that takes the loss when something happens to it. Uh, so, so uh, Kinyan Egzela means that the Gazlan is the one that takes the loss. So, the, so the, the Nigzal is a Dasacheres Makna. So that's what the Nesiva says, it's not a Raya from our Gemara. Always good to see Machlokas Ketosa in the Sivas. I think uh, Rabbi Reisman once said, Mistama, when you go up one of the questions in the Big Bechina up in Shemayin is, say over five Machlokas Ketosa in the Sivas, right? you got to know at least a few of them. So if you learned in uh, Yeshiva for long enough, so it's always good to, to chazer over Machlokas Ketosa in the Sivas. So uh, maybe, maybe they won't ask for five. Maybe maybe one or two. <laughs> okay, so uh, so, so the, uh, the, the, uh, the there's a Dvar of Ram that asks, that according to Tosos back on Dafyud Bay, that a Kinyan Agav is only mid Rabbanan, so how could it be that the Rabbanan made a Takana so that the Gazlan should violate Nisr Gazela? Uh, when it comes to Kinyan Dalar Amos and Shusram, the Chamor Mesakin, that a person could be Kona an object as if it's in his Chatzar, Tosus writes that the Ganav and the Gazlan are not Kona Gazela with the Kinyan Dalar Amos because the Chamor never Mesakin, uh, Kinyan and the Chamor Mesakin do not extend to Kinyan Gazela. So if you hold that Kinyan Agav is only a Kinyan mid Rabbanan, so then we have a different Difficulty. How could it be that uh, there's Kinyan Exela and a Kinyan Midrabanan? Uh, so that's the, uh, the Kasha, the Dvaravram uh, asks. Now, uh, Ketzos points out that Rashi does not say that the Gazlan is Kona the Para with the Kinyan Chatzar because uh, the Karka doesn't belong to him. Whenever you uh, Gazlan is Kona, it's Dafka Le'inyan Chiyav Onsin, meaning when we, we, you don't really own it when you have Kinyan Exela. You only become Chayav and Onsin. So why are we talking about, why is Rashi talking about Kinyan Adah? Forget about the para is revutza. It's in the field. So why not just say I'm kind of with kinyan chatzer, and that would solve all the problems? Because the kinyan chatzer is a kinyan midaraisa. Kinyan chatzer works midaraisa. So Shafta points out that it could be that in order to be yotze, the mitzvah of dalad minim. On the first day of Sukkot, it needs to be Shalachem Midaraisa. You need to do Kinyane, uh, Kinyan Midaraisa on it. So you pay with a credit card and you just, uh, you know, you just Moshech it. It could be you haven't done a Kinyan Midaraisa on it. So he said, you got to put it in your house first, you know, bring it home first, and then you did a Kinyan Chatzar on it. But uh, if you just leave it in shul, you buy it in shul and leave it in shul, it could be that you never kona it midaraisa. So in the new sefer of Shechter and Shulchan Aruch, uh, they, uh, they, he makes that ha'ara. Uh, okay, so 
So anyway, so uh, but a kin chutzer is a kin midaraisa. Okay, we got to move on here. So says the Mishnah: Hagozel is chaveru. Someone who steals uh, from his friend, or he borrows from him money, or he has a pikadon. Be yishuv if that that uh, transaction happened in the yishuv, lo yachzir lo midbar. He cannot return it in the uh, in the midbar if the guy doesn't ask for it back in the midbar. You can't force the guy to accept the return of the halva or the gazelo or the pikadon in a place that's in a mishtamer that he has no way to protect it. But almanas But if when you first uh, took it from him, it was with the tanai that you're going to be going to the midbar, and therefore it's understood you're going to be bringing it to the midbar, then you could return it in the midbar as well. So Raminus says, I'll ask you, Stira, Milva Mishtalemes, Bikal Makom, Milva could be paid back anywhere, it sounds like even in the midbar, but Avedu Pikadon, Mishtalman Elvim Kalman. It's only in Avedu or Pikadon that you have to return in the Makom where, uh, where you found the Avedo, where you got the Pikadon. So Pashtos, the Brysa means to say that the Lova could pay back the Alva wherever he wants, whereas the Mishnah said that no, even by a Halva, by any any type of transaction, you're not allowed to pay it back in the midbar. So this is against our Mishnah. So Amar Abaye, the Abaye explains. No, the Bryce does not mean they pay it back. Be called makom wherever you want. Hachikamar milva nitnali tava be called makom. The malva could be toveya the halva'a wherever he is, even in the midbar. Meaning, if you happen to have cash on you, he can ask you to pay him back cash, even if you're in the midbar. Aye, but it's not the very same cash that he gave you. Well, milva's lotzad nitna, so it's not supposed to be the same cash that he gave. If someone lends you money, they do not want back the same bills that they gave you because the whole point of lending someone money is that they go and invest, they go and do something with it. That's the purpose of lending money. So you could have different cash and that's what he wants back. So he could ask for that in the Midbar. But you're supposed to get back your Pikadon. You're not supposed to get back some replacement of your Pikadon. And therefore it's not reasonable to expect you to have that very same Pikadon in the midbar, you would only be expected to have that pikadon in the original location. Almanas lotzeis by midbar, but if you said that it's almanas to go to the midbar, so then it's understood you're going to have it in the midbar, then you can return it in the midbar. Says Mar Pshita, of course, you could make whatever tonight you want on, on Mamanis. So if you made your tonight, then I'm going to be able to return it to you in the midbar, so you should be able to return it in the midbar. So says Mar, no, no, they never had such an explicit conversation. The case was that. That, uh, the mafkid said to the shomer, "Here, do me a favor. Watch this for me, because I need to go travel to the midbar." And the shomer said, "Well, I'm also traveling to the midbar," which means to say, the pasuk says he doesn't actually say the next line, but it means to say, And therefore, it's very likely I'm going to return it to you there. And since they had that conversation, where he at least implied that he might return it to him in the midbar, so he's entitled, therefore, uh, to to uh, to return it to him in the Midbar. But if it's an explicit tonight, then it's obvious that he could return it to him in the Midbar. The Chiddush of the Mishnah was that it was not an explicit tonight, it was just a function of that conversation. New Mishnah. A guy says to his friend, oh, by the way, I stole something from you, or I borrowed something from you, or you gave me a pikadon, but I have no recollection if I ever returned the gzela, the alva, the pikadon. So if he knows that he took it, and he doesn't know if he gave it back, now he has to pay. But if he doesn't even know if he ever stole or borrowed or took the, the pikadon, then he does not have to pay it back. Say, so, Itmar, we have a machloka samurai as follows. Someone says, You owe me a 
says, maybe, I don't know if I owe you $100. So Ravunov reviewed the Amri Chayiv, that he's going to have to pay. You have a, we'll see soon in the Gemara why that is, that uh, someone says, you for sure owe me $100. The guy says, I don't know. Ravunov reviewed to say, you have to pay. Ravnachim Rav Yochan Amri Potter, that you don't have to pay, you just have to uh, take a Shavua that you in fact do not know. Uh, Rashi explains that just like if he would be towing the Titus Bari, that he does not have, that he does not owe the money, he'd have to take a Shavuas Hesis that he's Potter. So, so too, when he's not saying the Titus Bari, he's saying, I don't know. So at least you have to take a Shavua that you don't know. So that's what's going on over here, that he takes this, uh, this Shavua. Tosos and the Ran write that if he's not Nishayev uh, Shavua in any Odea, meaning uh, that he has to take a Shavua that he doesn't know, because otherwise the whole Shavuas Hesis would uh, fall apart. Meaning, what do we say? If a guy is Kofar, he denies it entirely, he has to take a Shavuas Hesis. But if he knows that he could just say any Odea, and then they won't make him take a Shavua, so then the whole teeth is taken out of the Shavua Sesses, because he could just get away with saying any Odea. So that's why he takes the Shavua Sesses. But bottom line is, very simply, that if there's a Manuli uh, Biyadcha, and he says any Odea, Rav Huna and Riyuda say he has to pay, Rav Nachman and Riyuda say he doesn't have to pay, he gets off of the Shavua Sesses. So what's the Svar for each Tzad? Rav Huna and Riyuda Amrichai Bari Vishem Bari Yadif. The guy says, Bari, that you owe me the money, and he Responds, Shema, maybe I do. So Bariadif, and therefore you owe him the money. Since we don't have certainty in this case, so you have to, he has a, whoever is holding on to the money gets to keep it. You're not going to be able to prove that he owes you the money. So now the Gemara says, well, wait a second. Maybe we could be the Machria, that Machloka Samaraim, from our Mishnah. Tanan, it said in our Mishnah, Potter, that if he says, I don't know if, I, uh, if you let me any money, he does not have to pay. Well, hey, what did the other guy say? Meaning, did the guy say that I do know I loaned you, I loaned you money? If he never even asked for the money, even in the ratio where he said, oh, I stole from you, I borrowed from you, I just don't know if I returned it, that's also where the guy was not asking for anything. Well, then, why would he have to pay if the other guy never asked for it? Because even though he's moda that he borrowed from him, but he's masubak that maybe he paid back, and the other guy is not being tovea because he doesn't remember at all. So there's no way he's going to have to pay back in such a case. Ella must be that that's not the case. The case is not that the guy never asked for it, but it's the katavale that the guy was tovea him. He says, "Hey, you owe me money." The katani seifa, and that's what the whole mission is talking about. And yet the seifa says that since the the nitva is not sure if he in fact borrowed the money, he does not have to pay. So here you have a case of. Bari Vishema, and we say Pater, so that's a Raya, like, uh, like Rav Nachman Rav Yochanan, against Rav Huna and Rav Yehuda. So it says in Lo, Delo No, the Mishnah is talking about a case where the guy never asked for it, he was never Tavea. Veresha, and in the case in the Resha, we said, well, then how could he have to pay if he says, I, 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 I know that I stole the money, but I don't know if I ever returned it. Of course, Bezin's not going to force him to pay, but if he wants to do right, to be whether he's Tovea me or not, if I know that I stole from him, or I know that I took a Pikadim from him, and I just don't remember if I paid, so I'm Chayiv L'Shalim, but not that Bezin is going to be Mechayiv me to, to pay. It Marnami, and uh, we, it seems that way as well, because someone says, you owe me $100, he says, I do not know, so but but if you want to be Yotzei Shemaim, then you're going to, in fact, have to uh, pay it back.
Okay, next Mishnah. If a person steals a tlay, steals a sheep from the, uh, from the pen, and then he returns it without ever letting the Bailim know about it. And then after he returned it, that very same tlay dropped dead or was stolen. So the Ganav is still Chayiv to pay for it, and he has to pay for the value of it because he did not do Ashavas Agneva. He did not return the item that he stole. I, he did return it. That's not called returning it when you just put it back there without telling anyone that you put it back there. But if the Bailim never knew in the first place that it was stolen, so before he ever saw that it was stolen, you, uh, you already returned it. You stole it, you put it back, he never knew that it was stolen. And then he counted all of his sheep and he saw that he had all the sheep that he was supposed to have, so then you're Yotze. Then you're already Pati, you've already done your Chi of Hashava. So Stam, to put it back in the pen, when he knows that you stole it from him, that's no good. But if he doesn't even know that you stole it from him, to put it back in the pen might be good enough, provided that he counts and he knows exactly how many, that he, ha- how many he has. That's at least one way of understanding the Mishnah, but the Gemara is going to say there are in fact four interpretations of this Mishnah. So let's go through the interpretations one by one. So interpretation number one of the Mishnah Amarav, Ladaas, if you stole it with the Bailim being aware that it was stolen, Tsarikhtas, then you need to actually tell the Bailim that you've returned it. And if you did not tell him that you returned it, even if he counts, it's not good enough. Even if he counts his sheep, it's not good enough. You have to let him know that you returned it. But Shaloladas, if you stole it without him ever knowing about it, then Minyan Poter, then just him counting is enough to Potter, is enough to, uh, to say that you've already done your job of returning the Gzela. When our Mishnah says that if he counted it and he has all the sheep that he's supposed to have, that your Potter... A seifa. That's talking about the case of the seifa where the Bailim had no idea that you ever stole it. But if he knew that you stole it, counting is not going to be enough. If he knew that you stole it, you need to tell him that you returned it. He needs to be aware that you returned it. That is one interpretation of the Mishnah. Interpretation number two, Shmuel Amar, Bein Ladas, Bein Shaloladas, Minyan Poter. Whether he's aware that you stole it or unaware that you stole it, as long as he counted and he knows that he has all the sheep he's supposed to have, you're good enough. You did your, your job. So when it says that if he counted it, you're good, that's going on whether he knew about it or whether he didn't know about it when he stole it. Bottom line is, he counted his sheep, he knows he has all of his sheep, so good, so that's it, you move on. Rabbi Yochanan, third interpretation. Ladas, Minyan Poter. If he knew that you stole it, so then as long as he counts, that's good enough. Even though he knew that you stole it, you don't have to tell him that you've returned it. Just counting it is good enough. Shaloladas afil minyanami lo tsarich. If he doesn't even know that you stole it, you don't even need him to count it. You're putter anyway, just by uh, dumping it back in the uh, in the pen. V'chikatani monosatzon v'yishlema areisha. When it says that if he counts and it's shlema, that that's good enough. That's going on the case of the reisha where, uh, where 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 it was ladas, where the guy knew that you stole it. But if it was shaloladas, you don't even need to, uh, to to have him count it just by dumping it back in his property, it's good enough. And then a fourth counterintuitive interpretation. Rav Chista Amar Ladas Minyan Poter. If he knew that you stole it, so then when he counts it, that's good enough as a Hashava. Shaloladas. But if he never knew that you stole it, then counting's not good enough. You need to do a stronger form of Hashava. Tzarek Das. You need to let him know that you're returning it. V'chikatani Manas Hatzon V'yishlema Aresha. When it says Manas Hatzon V'yishlema that you're going to be Poter, that's only going on the Reisha, where 
where it, where it was Ladas, where he knew that you stole it. So this is the only one that, uh, that says that when he knows that you stole it, you need a lesser Hashava than when he doesn't know that you stole it. Meaning what Rav, Shmuel, and Rabbi Yochan, and all that in common, is that the presumption was that if there's going to be any chilek between Ladas and Shalom Ladas, it's going to be that when the guy was Ladas, he knew that you stole it, you need a stronger form of Hashava. But here you have Rav Chista saying, no, a weaker form of Hashava when he knew that you stole it. So, uh, Amar Rava, Rava explains, my time at Rav Chista, meaning it's, it's problematic. Why, why would he say something that's the exact opposite of, of the Smara? So, that since the animal has learned to walk outside, meaning this animal has been very sheltered, it's been living in this pen, it's never had any experience in the outside world, you don't have to watch so carefully, it's going to be terrified to walk too far. If he never knows that you stole it, he doesn't know that this animal is a worldly animal and is very confident to go take the subway all by himself and to go do, uh, you know, to, to, to spazier around. So he's not, he's, he's, he, if he doesn't know that, he's not going to watch it carefully. So when he knows that it was stolen, so then you don't need as, form, as, as high a level of Ashava because he already knows, as long as he knows that he has it back, he'll, take, he'll keep extra care to, to watch it. But when he doesn't even know that it was stolen, he, you're going to return it without him realizing that it was ever stolen stolen, well that's going to be a problem because he's not going to watch it carefully, he's not going to know that it's an animal of the world that likes to, uh, to go around and that's used to walking around. So that's how Rava explains Shittas Rav Chista. Now the Gemara assumes if Rava is explaining Shittas Rav Chista, Rava must agree with Shittas Rav Chista. So says does Rava really agree with Rav Chista? Rava, if a guy sees his friend that picks up a sheep from his uh, flock and he screams, Vashadia the guy drops the sheep but he doesn't know if he returned it or if he didn't return it and then the sheep dies or gets stolen so my love alpha gav the money isn't the guy even though the owner counted and he sees that he has a minion shalem so don't you see not like Rav Chista where Geneva Ladas counting it is good enough and over here it's not good enough no that case is where he didn't count it and therefore uh, it was for sure not a, a, a fulfillment of the Ashava Rav Hachi, but wait, what about Shitas Rav? Does Rav really say that by Geneva Shalola Das, you need the Das Bailim uh, or at least a minion, uh, you know, at least him to count it? Didn't Rav say that if you return it to uh, the, the guy's flock in the Midbar and the Bailim has no idea that it was stolen and has no idea that it was returned, so you see that the sheet of Rav is that by Geneva Shalola Das, you don't even need to count it, you just need to dump it back into his property. Rav is moda that if it's an animal that's, that has a very unique look to it, it's a spotted animal, so then you don't need to count it for the guy to know that it came back. Right? If he sees, oh, the weird looking animal is back, so he'll see it right away. So he'll know, that's the case where you fulfilled Yechiv HaShava, even if he didn't count it. So now the Gemara says, maybe the Machlok Samurayim is really Machlokas Tanoim. If a person steals a sheep or he steals some money from a wallet, just put it back wherever you took it from. No, the Bailim has to be aware that you returned it. So Savrua, the assumption is that everyone holds of Rabbi Yitzchak's Chazaka, that people are always checking their wallet and counting how much money they have. 
Pashvish Pekisa Bekol Sha'a. Right, you remember that Chazaka probably from Haschalas Gemara, when uh, the first sugi we ever learned is Yish, many of us ever learned is uh, Yish Shalomidas. So in that sugi of Yish Shalomidas comes that, uh, that, that Chazaka of Rabbi Yitzchak, that people are always checking to count how much money they, uh, they have back in days when people used to carry cash. So my love, Besela Ladas, aren't we talking about a case of a seller that was, uh, that was stolen from the kiss, Ladas Habaylim, because he's Mashvish Bekiso, and he understands that he lost the seller, and the Tzla therefore is also talking about a case where he knew that it was stolen, and the Machlokas, Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Kiva, is the very Machlokas Rabbi Shmuel. The Rabbi Shmuel who says that you just put it back where you got it from, and you don't need to let him know that you're putting it back, holds like Shmuel, that Bein Ladas, Bein Shalol Ladas, as long as he counts it, you're good enough. Whereas Rabbi Kiva says that you need the Das Habaylim, holds like Rav, that a Geneva Ladas, you need to, it's not enough to rely on the fact that he's counting. You need to tell him that you returned it. So says Marullah, that is not the Machlokas. B'tleh shalol adas. That we're talking about where he stole the tleh, shalol adas. Ublukta, the Rav Chis of Rabbi Yochanan. And in Echinami, Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Shmuel are arguing in the same Machlokas that Amorai, or Amorai are arguing in the same Machlokas Rabbi Kiva and Shmuel, but it's a Machlokas of Chis and Rabbi Yochanan. The Rabbi Shmuel holds that you put it back where you took it from, and you don't need das bailim, holds like Rabbi Yochanan. That a Geneva shalol adas, you don't even need the guy to count it. Whereas Rabbi Kiva says you do need das bailim, holds like Rabbi Chista, that a Geneva shalol adas requires das bailim. Some Razum Shmeid the Rava, when you steal from a Rosh Hashanah, there is no Machlokas of Shon and Rabbi Kiva, Kidder of Chista. Everyone will agree, like Rav Chista, that a Gnev Shlol Das Bailim, you need Das Bailim when you return it. But over here we're talking about a Shomer that stole from the Rosh and he put it uh, in, back in a different place. And, uh, and, and, uh, and, and now, when he wants to, uh, meaning the, the, uh, there was a Shomer that was watching an object that was entrusted with him. And while it was in his own Rishos, he took it to somewhere else to steal it. And Can he put it back in his own Rishos because he's supposed to be the Shomer? Meaning, I'm watching your item and I say, ooh, I really like this thing. So I go and I put it somewhere else because I want to steal it. Now I want to return it. So I just put it back in my house where I was watching it to begin with. Is that a, a fulfillment of Hashava? No, the second I stole it, I'm not a Shomer anymore. So putting it back in my property is not a chiva, is not a fulfillment of a shava. Rabbi Shmuel says, no, you still are a shomer, you can just put it back where it was. So Maybe the whole discussion of whether the guy counting it potters you is a machlokas tonight. We have machlokas and brises. If I steal something and then I just overpay next time I buy something from the guy, is that a fulfillment of the chiva shava? So Savrua de Kuli Alma Isluhud Rabbi Yitzchak. Everyone holds that the guy's always counting his money. So what's the machlokas between these brises? The one that holds that Yotze holds the fact that he's counting it potters me. And the one that says that I'm not Yotze by just throwing extra money in my next purchase holds that the fact that he's counting does not potter me. So Gemara says, nah, not necessarily. If we were told of Rabbi Yitzchak that people are always checking their money, 
Kli Dominion Potter. Maybe everyone would agree that that would be a fulfillment of the Chi of Hashava. Maybe they're arguing about the very Chazaka of Rabbi Yitzchak. Marius Slade Rabbi Yitzchak, the Tana that says that your Yotze holds like Rabbi Yitzchak. So since the guy counted, and you can rely that the guy counted the money, you fulfilled your Chi of Hashava. And the Tana that says you're not Yotze, your Chi of Hashava, disagrees with Rabbi Yitzchak, doesn't think the guy is always counting. Or maybe everyone thinks the guy is always counting. That the Bryce that says that Yotze is talking about where you stick it back in his wallet. So since a person is always checking his wallet, so you fulfill the Chiv Hashava. But if you stuck it in his hand, people are not always, uh, you know, he, he may just throw it in a box and he never makes it to the wallet and he's not always checking. So he, he, you, can't, you can't bank on the fact that he's counted that money and therefore you have not fulfilled the Chiv Hashava. The E by or another, I think we're up to our third interpretation or fourth, Again, we're explaining the prices where one price says if you overpay uh, next time, that's a fulfillment of the Chiv Hashava, and the other price says you're not. So our final explanation is that they're both talking about where the Gazan counted the money and you put it into the uh, into into the uh, to the, the the wallet of the Nigzal. But ha the Isle the price that says that you're not Yotze is where he has other money in that wallet and he doesn't know how much. So he's not going to know that you returned it, even though he's going to count it soon after. But if he has no other money in that wallet, then when he counts, he'll, uh, he'll, he'll know that you returned it. The Riv says that it's the opposite. No, of course he knows how much money he has in his wallet, because he's always counting how much money he has in his wallet. That's when you are Yotze, if you put it in the wallet, if he has other money in the wallet. If he has no other money in the wallet, then you can't rely on the Chazaka that he's going to be counting the money in his wallet, because as far as he knows... He has no other money in his wallet. He has no money there. So he's not going to be checking to, uh, to count. Okay, but from tomorrow we'll pick up from the Mishnah and I guess read really fast to uh, try to finish the, uh, the Mesechta. Okay. Have a good day, everybody.